This is Guys Read Romance, where I, romance author Margot Radcliffe, politely strong-arm my male friends into reading and chatting about romance novels with me for an uncomfortably long period of time. All right, my old friend Ben Scroy is back today. He remains the best roommate I've ever had, despite hating Christmas, peanut butter, and oftentimes joy. He is a computer <laughs> software engineer who I first met when he played the theme to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves on the piano solely to impress girls. I hope that's you, which I kind of think makes him a great guest for this podcast. So thank you, Ben, for letting me hassle you into doing another thing that you didn't want to do. And I'm excited to talk about romance with you. All right, let's do it. (laughs) All right, so just a quick recap. What do you normally read? And you're a big reader, so let's talk about that. Um, I read... Mostly literary fiction, some sci-fi, some uh, some nonfiction. All right. And so just, again, really quickly, why have you avoided romance up until now? I think it was largely based on, like, you know, stereotypes of, especially, like, the early, like, the stereotypes of romance that I'd kind of formed earlier in life. Right. That these were, you know, things that were only for women. But, you know, it's like after you've kind of formed those initial, those initial impressions, you know, a lot of people don't ever go back to reevaluate a thing, right? And in a world when there's already too much media to <laughs> consume, it was not, it was just not something that I had ever like found in my path again, really. Okay, cool. And I think we, I don't know if we discussed this last time, but I think not. What about something that's for women precludes it from being something that's also for men? And I know, I think we kind of talked about like the Fabio covers and how that was kind of signaling that this isn't for me. And I guess just a broader discussion about women can like men stuff and that's kind of socially acceptable. But the other part, the other way isn't as common, right? That men like things that are solely for women. And Mm. so why do you think that romance kind of falls into that? In your own opinion and your own experience, after reading the first one, do you think that, and we can talk about this more in depth later, I guess, but why do you think that, or that romance falls into this thing where like men, it's not cool to read or whatever? Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, and I may not be the best person to answer this because I like, I mean, I like, female authors and female singers, songwriters. Like I, I, I probably listen to more female or have more interest in like female creators than mm-hmm. the average man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I think that I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm less like interested in stuff that's, that's like signaling masculinity. That stuff's not necessarily as, like, as interesting to me. So I don't know. Sure. And that's fine. Let me fr- let me say this a different way. Is there something about, and I, I think that this is less apparent in the books that you have read, these paranormal romances, but kind of largely what I think of when I think of romance is the inter- the intimate interaction between two people and how two people navigate the emotions that they kind of evoke in each other, right? And however mm-hmm. that is is managed, whether it's kind of humorous or deeply emotional or kind of wrought with trauma or whatever. Sometimes all three of those things can go hand in hand and kind of telling the story about how two people come together. And I guess I think that, and I've kind of said on here before that like the relationship we have with the person we marry or our life partner is tends to be, I think, the most integral of our lives. Right. And so I have trouble as a female and as a romance writer understanding why that isn't as compelling of a subject for men. Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's kind of something I'm looking for everybody to speak to. Like, what is it? Is it? And is it the fact that it's told from a woman's point of view? Are the expectations that you think are inside of a romance novel of men? something that's off-putting does this make sense uh-huh. um that's a good question i i it, it may be it may be more just that the, the the dealing of dealing with of those like romantic feelings are not 
just are just not something that a lot of men are interested in i think mm-hmm. uh, and it's not i don't know that it's necessarily not about like you, you mentioned you mentioned like that your relationship with your partner is your most integral relationship in your life and i think that, that i i don't know i don't know if i don't know if like men i'm entirely projecting here <laughs> <laughs> But like, maybe it's just that men don't like the the feeling of vulnerability that romance, like emotional vulnerability Mm -hmm. that romance exposes them to. I don't that's wild guess. Uh Maybe. I don't know. Like there's other types of like, it's like emotional vulnerability as opposed to like the, you know, physical vulnerability, you know, that stuff's more like comfortable territory for men, I think. And of course, dealing with feelings and complex feelings, not as also all very stereotypical here, of course. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just throwing out wild conjecture here <laughs> right well that's fine but and and i think that that's probably right to a certain extent right like no but nobody likes to be vulnerable that's not i yeah. don't think a just a male based kind of fear yeah yeah i mean no, no one likes to be vulnerable but we do but like that's but i think we do consume things that make us feel vulnerable in a safe way right that's why we watch thrillers that's why we read romance right because like (laughs) we can experience that stuff safely right Right. so you would think then that that would be something men are so scared they can't even entertain (laughs) consuming it safely (laughs) you know inside of a room so yeah so anyway i just think that that's interesting and i don't think there are any right or wrong answers i'm just kind of interested in what is it about and it's a universe where women are in charge right women write this story it's what it's on some level women's fantasies and so as as realistic as they most most of the time are i mean uh, the wishes women have that men would do are not fantastical (laughs) they're pretty simple and easy to achieve and so anyway it is just interesting to discuss what is it about uh, women kind of being in in charge that is awful Mm -hmm. so anyway cool thanks okay so the book we are talking about today is Dark Fever by Karen Marie Moning. And we're going to get into it. We're going to play a quick game first. This is, I'm going to read you two sex scenes. Then you have to decide which is written by a man and which is written by a woman. Are you ready? Yeah. Great. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, glorious pubes, the ultimate triangle whose angles delved to hell, but point to paradise. Let me sing the black banner, the blackbird's wings, the cleft, the chink, the keyhole in the door, the fig, the fanny, the cranny, the quim. I come close to it now, this sudden blush, this ancient avenue, the end of all odysseys, an epic aim of life, pulling at my prick now, pulling like a lodestone. That's the first one. Quite an ode. Wow. Wow, indeed. <laughs> and this right. is uh, this game is which is written by a man, which by a woman, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, assuming that you need to hear the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. He eased inside, stretching her bit by bit, giving her time to adjust to his size. She could feel his restraint in the tight coiling of his muscles beneath her hands, but she didn't want restraint. She had been waiting for this forever. Hurry, she gasped. Please hurry. <laughs> Wait, unless this is a, a fantastic trick question. <laughs> I mean, this could not be more obvious. I feel like I have met like that the guy that wrote the first one I feel like i've met this guy i've met several of this guy really did you run away <laughs> i should have <laughs> so you think the first one was written by a guy and the second one was written by a woman yes <clears throat> fair enough you were obviously correct the first one was will by christopher rush 
And the second one was Heaven, Texas by Susan Elizabeth Phillips, one of our the greatest romance writers to be doing it. So, hmm. yeah. What tipped you off, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, is this a serious question? <laughs> yes. yes, it is. <laughs> I, I mean, they're obviously, like, they're both written from their gendered perspectives uh-huh. but like the grandiose like the ridiculous grandiose description of the female anatomy in the first one you don't think a woman would talk up her own <laughs> parts that way no <laughs> but also in romance novels i mean we write both point of views you know what i mean so yeah but it's that like special obsession that <laughs> That it's that special, like, I don't know, like that, that special obsession that like uh, men have with a female body right. that really comes across in that <laughs> passage. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, just the use of the word quim. Yeah, sure. Though I've read that in, in romance novels. Really? Generally historical. And, yeah, that makes that makes more sense. Huh. <laughs> Ancient Avenue, you know, the blackbird's wing. (laughs) I just can't. I just can't. It's just ridiculous. All right. I enjoy it. Christopher Rush. Is he British? I assume. I have no idea. Mm. I mean, I mean, I hope he's okay. (laughs) Hope he's okay. Uh, he's he's written a lot of stuff. He's Scottish mm. for thirty years, a teacher of literature in Edinburgh. So mm-hmm. there you go. I don't know, man. Looks like a jolly fellow. <laughs> okay, thank you, Ben. You win. Great job. Woo! <laughs> All right. So we are going to talk about, like I said, Dark Fever by Karen Marie Moning. A little about this book and the author. It's the first in her successful Fever series. There are 15 books so far. This first one was published in 2006. She's a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author as well as a bunch of other lists. She's She won the Goodreads Choice Awards for Best Paranormal Fantasy. She's a Reader Award winner and Audio Award winner, which is Audio, audio Public awards so big writer big series so the book summary is Michaela Lane's life is good she has great friends a decent job and a car that breaks down only every other week or so in other words she's your perfectly ordinary 21st century woman when her sister is murdered leaving a single clue to her death a cryptic message on Mac's cell phone Mac journeys to Ireland in search of answers the quest to find her sister's killer draws her into a shadowy realm where nothing is as it seems, where good and evil wear the same treacherously seductive mask. She is soon faced with an even greater challenge, staying alive long enough to learn how to handle a power she had no idea she possessed, a gift that allows her to see beyond the world of man into the dangerous realm of the Fae. As Mac delves deeper into the mystery of her sister's death, her every move is shadowed by a dark, mysterious Jericho, a man with no past and only mockery for a future. As she begins to close in on the truth, the ruthless Valene and Alpha Fae, who makes sex an addiction for human women, closes in on her. And as the boundary between worlds begins to crumble, Mac's true mission becomes clear. Find the elusive Shisa Du before someone else claims the all-powerful dark book because whoever gets to it first holds nothing less than complete control of the very fabric of both worlds in their hands. Chilling. Heavy. <laughs> all right. So, uh, again, I gave you a list of books. So mostly paranormal. So why did you pick this one? Mm, I can't say I remember, but I probably found something about the description, mm-hmm. you know, over the top. And right. Entertaining. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Perfectly normal. If that was the blurb, if that was the blurb that I read when I went through the book list, then yeah, that's, that was probably enough to draw me in right there. I mean, sure. it, it is, it is quite, quite big. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big world. All right, fair enough. So then what were your first impressions of the cover, the summary? Tell me some of the feelings you had before you started reading. And then did it kind of, as you read, deliver on what kind of assumed it would be about? Uh, That's fine. Not particularly, uh, it looks more, it looks more like a, like fantasy. Sure. Then it does romance. It doesn't really, it doesn't like signal romance very strongly. Yeah. Um, so that appealed to you? So that appeals to you? I think I felt probably neutral about it. And then like the, you know, one inch square gray 
<laughs> thumbnail that, that the Kindle showed me. <laughs> uh-huh. well, there was no Fabio with glistening pecs on the, uh, on the cover, so... No, there wasn't. I like the cover. I don't, I'm surprised they haven't redone them, honestly, at this point, because like kind of the later covers are, I don't know, a little, I guess, more stylistic, but I like it. It's just her kind of on cobblestone streets, right? And by herself. Mm. And I think that's telling. And her back is kind of turned to us. Mm-hmm. She's turning her back on the regular world, right? Mm. Herself, but symbolic. You know what I mean? I know I, I need to explain these concepts to you, but <laughs> I'm trying my best. All right. So after reading the summary, did it describe well what you thought you would be reading? Yeah, I think that was a pretty, oh, that seemed like a pretty accurate, uh, pretty accurate like description of it. And <laughs> interestingly, like there's about as much romance in the novel as there was in the blurb. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, pretty much none. Yeah, well, that's, Well, we'll talk about that later. And I, but I do think that this cover does do a good job of, I I think that you get the tone of the book from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're right. I think the fact that, you know, she's kind of like standing there like all alone. I mean, that's, that's a major theme of the book is that she is very, very alone the whole time. Yes. She is. She is. So, and speaking of, were you satisfied or interested kind of in the paranormal element of the book? Yeah, yeah, I was. I thought it was creative and interesting. I mean, I don't know anything about Irish folklore or mythology. And so that was new to me. And I don't know how, like, rooted in actual Irish folklore it it actually is. But it seemed very well, like it seemed like it could be, but it was, if it wasn't, you know, inspired by that, like, uh, you know, I, I found it uh, creative enough, interesting enough, like different enough from other fantasy that I've read. It seemed, yeah, it seemed distinct and, you know, thought through. Did you enjoy being kind of in Ireland and kind of in this, I mean, it turned, I mean, I don't, I kind of, I've read through to book seven now, so I actually kind of forget where book one ends, but (laughs) for a little while, it feels a little dystopian, I think, toward the end of book one. Yeah. So were you interested in like her powers? I mean, did you wonder about like, Jericho is clearly, Jericho Barons is clearly like not a human. Did you kind of wonder about like in Blaine, of course, as a fairy mm-hmm. prince, did those things kind of entice you? Were you interested in like seeing what other things that they could do? There's so, but those characters outside of, of Mac who her powers are still being discovered in this first book, but yeah. the other things kind of interest you. I mean, she meets these evil fairies, the unsealing. Uh-huh. That, that are kind of seem repulsive you know what i mean that like yeah. did that whole thing interest you was yeah it did i thought yes i mean all of, like the the revealing of her powers i thought was i thought her powers were distinct and interesting and not just like the rote fantasy oh you're the chosen one right i, I thought there was enough like depth in the in the world building and the mythology there i found it pretty compelling you know i think it also how like it very it, it, i think it kind of the book hints that there's a lot more to come going to continually but you know even the ending really leaves you in a place of you know there's much 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 more coming here right you know because it just sort of stops <laughs> <laughs> But it seems like there is a lot. Yeah, it does. It definitely seems like there's a lot more to unpack there. That's. Uh, I mean, that was a really useful device in this book. Was the very, you know, probably pretty slow progression of of, of unveiling, 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 <laughs> unveiling the secrets and the. I mean, I'm like honestly, she finds out nothing. Almost, almost nothing about her sister <laughs> the entire book. <laughs> like. She finds out that he had that she discovers who uh, her boyfriend was. That's like uh-huh. it. <laughs> That's really yeah. about all she discovers. So I, it takes a while for her. It takes several more books for her to find out her oh, wow. killer. And so that is an interesting 
aspect of it. And she really learns for how much, for however long this book is, she actually learns very little about her own powers because she kind of, hmm. it takes her a minute to like accept that she even has them. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. Which I thought was good. Like I appreciate it because like you have to, I mean, when you, when you reveal this kind of fantastical stuff, she was in denial all the first like quarter of the book. She was like, this is all ridiculous. You you kind of have to do that or else you, I don't know, people don't buy it. I mean. (laughs) Well, I like, I always think about when in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, how when he, like, he figures out he's, has, like, powers and he, like, he's in his room, like, just shooting out webs from his hand. And uh, so I just always think of that. And And then he jumps off a building. (laughs) <laughs> like he's just like suddenly he's like this is the logical next step <laughs> naturally i mean he has to test out his webs or whatever you know i mean i never even all right fair enough all right definitely more believable mm-hmm. so yeah and she i don't even think that i i'm now in book seven still we don't know the ex- true extent of her abilities. So it's a long process and we really don't actually even know what she is, right? Mm. We st- start out and she's like a she-seer and she can detect fae things. But it turns out like that's not all, right? So anyway, mm. I do think that Dublin was a fun choice for this book and I thought that it de- kind of added to the paranormal stuff. I can see like these old European cities just kind of being rife with mm-hmm. weird stuff basically. You yeah. know? <laughs> that was a great, definitely. It was a great setting. It was, you know, good if you're, you know, like pulling her out of her element and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it certainly added, added depth, depth there. And I maybe like added some, hu- like I didn't find it a terribly funny book, but I think mm-hmm. there was like, a little bit of that fish out of water humor at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also think it was a good backdrop for kind of the the opposite of her life in Georgia, right? Here is the sunny person. Now she's kind of in this dark, gloomy. Yeah. And that was, that's a recurring theme throughout this whole thing, you know, dark versus the light. So I appreciated that. So I guess this kind of leads into my next question. Did you feel fully immersed in the world uh, the author created? Yeah, I did. I was uh, I was surprised actually because like the first line was something like like the opening line was something I found kind of like cheesy. Oh yeah, my philosophy is pretty simple. Any day nobody's trying to kill me is a good day in my book. I haven't <laughs> had many good days lately, and I was like, that's the opening line. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, what did I what I can't believe I agreed to read another one of these. Oh. What did you like think you were going to, what was wrong with that? I just, it just, I mean, it's so on the nose. I was like. <laughs> but people are trying to kill her, Ben. Yeah. And I, but I don't think that that like level of like cheesiness. You don't think that was a joke? I mean, come on. I mean, no, I mean, it's like a, it's like a kind of a wink and like, it's a, it's a reference to, it's a thing. It's like, it's a, it's a phrase that people throw out, but I, I don't feel like the rest of the book I don't feel like the rest of the book kept that same vibe. Uh-huh, right. Well, there is a shift, right? There is that, I mean, the girl she was before she went to Dublin and the person she was afterwards are two. Yeah, right. Things. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, sort of like a, I don't know, like a wise-ass saying to, to, to open the book up with, but she's not really, I mean, she's, she's you know, she's big on like not... She's not a good, doesn't do a good job of like keeping her mouth shut, right. like keeping herself out of trouble in that respect. But she's not like a, I don't know, that line feels like such a line to me. And that didn't mm-hmm. feel consistent with, like in retrospect, that line didn't feel consistent with like her character, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, wait, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the question was, did you feel fully immersed in the oh, yeah. world? the author created yeah yeah i did i was i found it really immersive actually uh-huh. i i, I right. honestly enjoyed it I, again like you know the things we talked about before it felt like it really draws you in i don't know necessarily like i think they did a good job of like making the character 
believable in her like in her grief and in her like inability to shut her mouth when <laughs> doing so might have saved her some trouble but but like her fieriness and her stubbornness were like i think very believable traits and i think yeah i think that made the character more believable yeah i think it worked i think it worked really well Great. Yeah, I think that she does a good job in creating this kind of outlandish world, but keeping us grounded with Mm -hmm. Max's own humanity. And that's one of the things that she kind of tends to keep a death grip on. Like, no matter what is happening around her, we're always drawn back to like, this is who I am. This is, you know, what I stand for. And I won't be swayed from this. Right. So... That is why we root for her and also why she's interesting. And I think that I don't, I think I, one of these, I mean, we've talked about the True Blood and the Sookie Stackhouse novels before. And it's kind of a similar thing. Sookie Stackhouse is like a Southern girl kind of caught in these weird situations. And whereas she kind of is kind of, kind of pulled along, Mac in this book it still is, though Baron's kind of is leading her through this world to get her the information she needs, we still feel like, or at least I did, I still felt like she was making her own decisions and that she was keeping, whereas mm-hmm. in the Sookie Stackhouse novels, she was kind of resentful of the fact that she was giving up choices or wasn't the one making the choices. I do feel like Mac in these books is making her own choices. And so that resentment, I mean, she does kind of, Barron's is irritating, right? Because mm-hmm. he knows everything and she knows nothing, essentially. And so yeah. they are kind of on this barter system, right? <laughs> Where like, he's only giving her information if she does something for him. But like, yeah. she's still kind of, she's still kind of in control. She cannot do it, right? She can say, I don't care about my sister, I'm going to go home. But she mm-hmm. chooses to kind of make these decisions. And I think that in, in, in the process still remains herself, right? And yeah i think there are moments where where she's kind of you know where she's not where she's not given the doesn't have the control like i think there are a couple situations where she has like one of them where she accompanies him to the to the vampire's place and she's got to dress up and like act like his girlfriend and she's like very frustrated about that but but yeah, I mean, I think you're right that she is deliberate about the about ex- exerting control, right? Even like when she doesn't, like in situations where she's like losing it. So yeah. Well, yeah, and I think in that particular scene, yeah, there is something about the clothes that's right, like that's annoying. But she kind of hits back at him with, I mean, yeah. That- and then in that scene she ends up spoiler alert i guess stealing an important piece of thing right. yeah. on her yeah something whatever i forget yeah. what she stole amulet i don't know yeah it was the amulet that's big later on right anyway <laughs> i can't it's remember stolen. yeah anyway so all right well that's cool and, and i guess in the same ring did you the same kind of way did you find their writing style compelling yeah i did did you so it didn't read like a typical romance right i mean this read like it it, you know i thought the descriptions of things were were great i think that the hard difficulty of of these paranormal things is balancing action and description of a place because we don't know anything and then also like description of this whole all of these creatures that don't exist in our world right and still making it interesting and compelling because oftentimes like it does feel like a dictionary right like this is what this person does and so Mm -hmm. i thought she did a really good job of weaving it in to the action and us seeing it kind of from max point of view i think that the tone is is enjoyable as well like i think Mm -hmm. that it's not too heavy but also but not not necessarily light but it's fast still yeah yeah it is yeah I I, i enjoyed the style it feels like a, a minor quibble, but like I sometimes like I, even though I liked the author's style, I felt like sometimes descriptions of things, particularly like descriptions of buildings, uh-huh. felt a little bit like they they felt a little bit out of character for like a twenty early twenties girl from Georgia. They felt like this is written with the maturity and and vocabulary sometimes right. that felt little out of character but even though i enjoyed them they they, they kind of stuck out to me a little bit 
Uh-huh. Are you talking about how she described specifically the bookstore? I don't remember. There were a couple times. Maybe one of them might have been the... I forget. Fair enough. I think one of them like, was like in one of the castles. Maybe, yeah, maybe the bookstore, but also like one of the... Maybe the vampire's castle or something. A couple of the places that they visited. Uh-huh. Like the voice seemed to shift a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to write description it, it, yeah. from a, a person's, I guess, point of view. Especially considering that, like, she's also, on the other hand, like a gearhead. Like her dad had taught her how to like fix cars or something like that. And that the juxtaposition of that with like somebody that can kind of go into prose a little bit when talk when describing buildings that felt a little. But it was a minor, it was a minor thing. It wasn't jarring enough to me. I mean, we needed to see it, right? So like. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Did you enjoy all the action in the book? And there was a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff happens, I guess. I did, yeah. I will, my only, like, I guess my only quibble was with, sort of with the the ending, sort of that, that final climactic scene. I guess it did not feel like an ending scene. I was surprised when the book ended when it did, because that that battle, that big battle kind of felt like the, the penultimate battle. And then the story stopped. <laughs> You're going to have to read all the other books, Ben. I know. I know. Was, that was very, very clearly ended there for a reason. But, um, uh, but that, I mean, that was minor. I, yeah, I found the action, like, compelling. I found it interesting. It was largely very, like, just little teases of action for most of it until that, that final scene. Fair enough. And that final scene is, I had to go back and look because I kind of, like I said, all of them are running together now. But it's when she finds her sister's boyfriend and it turns out he's letting the bad fae into the real world. That's right. And she, she doesn't necessarily stop him. She just ends up not getting killed, right? And she kills the vampire. So we think. Oh, Remember, she stabs him. Yeah. And then Barons comes and helps her. And we kind of realize that this is where we kind of see for sure that, like, Barons is not just a bookstore owner. Yeah, that's right. He, like, jumps 20 feet from the ceiling or something. I don't know. Interesting stuff. Uh, So I guess, yeah. I just felt, I guess since I've read Seven, there's just a lot of action overall. So, but Mm -hmm. I... I think that she does a lot in this book, though. She's kind of always on the move. Did you find the dialogue realistic? And do you think that that's how people talk to each other? And additionally to this, I meant to say this earlier, did you enjoy how many times she said iPod in this? iPod? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just made me feel... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I did. I, I I thought she did a good job of the dialogue. I felt like Mac... And Barons had their own very distinct voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very distinct. I felt their characters came through, through over the dialogue really well. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was. I, I don't remember like most of the. There weren't a lot of other like main characters. I mean, with with much depth at least. Yeah, I think that the Lord Master, whenever uh, her sister's boyfriend was talked weird you know what i mean uh, not like a normal person but again these aren't people so it's kind of not even important to say but like mm-hmm. invalane speaks weirdly right but again he's not supposed to be human so there's yeah. that but yeah i thought i think that the dialogue between her and barons is is fun mm-hmm. uh, and speaking of so this book is again the first in a series so it doesn't really follow a traditional romantic arc and that girl doesn't meet boy and by the end of this book they end up together um, however, she does maintain kind of the same love interest throughout the series. Was it apparent to you who that was in this book? I mean, <laughs> there's only one obvious choice, but like towards the end of the book, she kind of like confess, you know, or she, she admits to like wanting to kiss him. Uh-huh. But it's a very like fleeting, what was I thinking kind of thing. Right. Um, I mean, I... I I would not. So that you're talking about barons. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh huh. I mean, if someone, if I had not known that this was categorized as romance, mm-hmm. I would have said it's like fifty fifty whether or not they get together in a subsequent book. The attraction there was not. She she kind of described him as like having this like taut, hostile, sexual energy 
throughout the book, but she didn't really like, she didn't really express any attraction to it for a long time. Okay. Until maybe it was like after he kind of, he like softened a little bit at one point, softened his like hostile exterior and showed him, showed her some kindness or something. And it it was like very much towards the end of that. She kind of like had some brief attraction to him, but like there wasn't much, there there was not much like expression of her being attracted to him. It was just kind of, she kind of matter of factly described him. You think? Well, all right then. So this, I mean, I guess that answers my next question was like, did you think the sexual tension was satisfying or realistic, but you're saying you didn't feel sexual tension between Mac and Barron's at all. I mean, there yeah i mean it's like the the silent conversations were indicative of like there's something going on here i expected i guess i expected more of Mm -hmm. i expected more i mean there's some there but they also express so little about his about his character and his so of his motivations um that it's hard to say I would not say there was like strong sexual tension. Right. I mean, there's that there in the way that you kind of expect it, I guess, uh, like, you know, two characters in that position kind of expect more than was there, but they, he really kept up a nearly consistent, like hostile attitude towards her Mm -hmm. the whole book. And she kind of gave the same, mostly, mostly, like I said, there was, but yeah, I didn't think that they're like the, I thought that their interactions were re- like, I thought they were realistic and compelling. I just did not feel that the sexual tension was strong. All right, that's fine. But so, my, and this was my next question. Did you feel that there is chemistry between them? And so maybe that answer is yes. Maybe the sexual tension you didn't pick up, pick up on, but definitely there was, the chemistry was apparent. Between yes. Them. Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, I think that she was curious about him. I think that she wanted to know more about him. I think that he was not forthcoming. And so I think she had to accept that. But I think that didn't. Yeah, I mean, he's a mysterious character. Yeah. And it's like, you know, she and she felt like at times, like when she would discover, like she's saw him like slinking out amongst those, those uh i forget what those creatures were that the shades the shades yeah mm-hmm. and like the shades left him alone she realized that he's not quite human and she felt mm-hmm. kind of betrayed and so like after especially after that you know for a long time she's like oh you know, like i can't trust this guy right she felt more isolated again and that that seemed to kind of again like push away the idea of him being the romantic interest in the book well and i think that there is a thing in this story where like i think mac reads uh at least in the beginning she reads very young and i think throughout barons reads very old i mean he's a 30 year old who owns an an incredible bookshop in the heart of dublin that's not a thing that happens you know what i mean obviously and that's uh, that's like definitely a romance thing that happens a thing that happens romance but he definitely seems older than 30 while she seems pretty appropriately aged at like 22 or whatever she is eventually she does read older as well but that's one of the things that struck me about it as i was reading it like they're obviously two just i mean and and you come to understand that there's even a greater difference in their ages but so that i kind of got hung up on that during this reading of course when i read it when i was you know 22 or whatever i was like this is great an older an older man and that's why they do that right because that's like something that girls girls want um but anyway was the conflict believable to you uh yeah i would would say so conflict as in like the well um, like her and barons all of it like all I guess. I mean, like her trying to find her sister's killer, uh-huh. her internal conflict of like, oh, who am I? Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I think I liked, yes, that I think that the, the mystery aspect was something I found compelling. I Again, and I, I thought there, she and Barons had a belie- very believable conflicting, conflicting interests and like their verbal conflicts and and the the conflicts uh the conflicts with the the various monsters and fey mm-hmm. i mean i say the the thing that like caught me off guard was vlaine and his like 
weird ass sexual powers. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. I was so caught. I was like, what? This is so weird. <laughs> it was. It was just, it was especially because there'd been nothing at all. Like Mac had shown no really expression of any sexual energy. Right. And then suddenly, out of blue, like. It was weird, yeah. <laughs> I felt yucky to me. I, I mean, I don't know. 2006, I guess we had a different. I just, I don't know. I didn't love it. I don't. I, mean, I didn't. I, I didn't love it then either. Hmm? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I guess that's. It's supposed to be like a predatory, hostile. Yes. Uh, in that regard, like in retrospect, like that, that feels. It's supposed to be like weaponized sexuality, weaponized sexual desire, which yeah. is, I mean, invasive and and creepy. And she felt really uncomfortable with it. Like she wasn't enjoying it. Like, but it is a weird, it is a very uncomfortable thing to read. Yeah. It's an interesting idea too. It just, it was, it was just hard to stomach. <laughs> yeah. It is, and it shows up later as well, so it's important that we know it now. But, like, yeah, these phase are creepy AF, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought all the conflicts, I thought, I like I said, it's a good story, and I was with Mac. I wanted to find Alina's killer. Like, mm-hmm. I if just for her parents' sake, like all of these kind of factors went into it. Um, I wanted also at some point I wanted Barons to find the book, right? I you know, I wanted he's to know why he wants it, right? So I felt all of these things were interesting. There were some secondary characters in this book. So what did you think about them? Uh so Barons basically is is the biggest one, but like there's Valaine, there's Fiona. I thought the parents Oh, yeah. Had limited, limit like they weren't, you know, they were weren't in there much. But I felt like they were really uh, fleshed out well for like how little they were there. And they cast you know. a long shadow right over the yeah over the story yeah, exactly. But you know, especially her mom like struggling mm-hmm. so much. Her dad struggling to just communicate about all of it. And I thought that was really, I thought that was really well done. And I thought that was poignant and kept the emotional stakes of you know her sister and her family life there while she's dealing with all this with sexual vampire or with uh vampires and gangsters and all of this other crazy stuff magic rocks well there's a lot of like female male component like that the gangsters place where like the men did all of the ordering or whatever for the women or whatever i think there's there's a lot or like women weren't allowed to talk or something in that in that gangster's place or something. Baron had very, Baron's had very specific instructions. Like he had to order for her and oh, like yeah. stuff like that. So there's a lot of gender role uh, commentary in, in all of these books, really. She kind of takes on in a low key way, I think. So Baron's basically is, I guess, who we're talking about. And he is a huge, he's a huge secondary character. Did you find him compelling? Was he like too much of a dick? What are your, what are your thoughts about him? No, I, I mean, I found him c- compelling. I did not find him like too much of a dick. I felt like, I mean, there was clearly so much there. He was hiding so much. And yet there were, like I said, there were times when attitudes towards her softened a little bit or he showed curiosity. Or was impressed by her, and I felt like that helped round his character out and made him more believable and/or palatable. Did you find him relatable at all? Hmm. No, it's hard to really. No, I, I couldn't. I don't think I, I found him relatable. I mean, there's so little to know. There's so much mystery about his motivations that it's hard to say. Yeah, I would say he was like a very. I would say he was a very compelling secondary character. All right, fair enough. Baron's as I said before, I th- you know I've read a lot of romance novels, and he does stand out as like one of the probably in the top ten <laughs> male characters that I remember. And it's possible that it's because it, I've read him spanned over a lot of books, but or as I'm rereading these for other reasons, but I do remember him more mm-hmm. than 
so many romance novel heroes, which in itself is kind of remarkable because you don't really, I mean, they all kind of blend together at at a certain point, but so there's that. So I enjoy him. And I, I think it's because once you kind of get into the rest of these books, he's not the type of character and not the type of being that you ever really run into. Right. So it's interesting to me. She created a thing. So it's, um, it's memorable at least. Okay. So this is written in first person point of view entirely from the female point of view. Did you ever want the male perspective? No. Okay. And like, obviously we're no, like we get snippets of Baron's perspective in, in books to come, but not much. Hmm. So you didn't miss it. You were happy to hear this. It is Mac's story, right? At, No, it wouldn't have made sense. But all right, Ben, you have read two romance novels now. The first one was Slave to Sensation by Nalini Singh. Did you see any similarities? Did you prefer one over the other? Talk to me about about your romance novel musings at this point. Uh, Yes, I preferred one. (laughs) You preferred this one. Let the listeners piece together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Similarities. Yeah, I mean, there's some like... And some similarities in the the they're both paranormal yeah they're both paranormal they're both like thrust into different worlds and there's like a death that's motivating mo there's sort of like a mystery around a death that was like the motivating fact the triggering factor for both both books i saw a meme the other day it was like name a book in which one of the main characters has both of their parents <laughs> in in family (laughs) like it's not it's not a thing that happens you know what i mean that's like the catalyst for all (laughs) but anyway go ahead so yeah yeah, that was definitely lucas's issue in in enslaved to sensation right yeah yeah right yeah i mean sorry there were similar there were uh, maybe structural similarities and so what did you like better about dark fever let's go with that like what I don't know. Like the slave <laughs> to sensation just felt so melodramatic to me. Uh-huh. It was hard to identify with the main characters. Like uh-huh. I just found her kind of exhausting okay. and hard to identify with. Like, Oh, I don't, I'm not allowed to feel my feelings. Oh, it's terrible. Uh-huh. I mean, I understand like it's a, it's a it's challenging to write. A character that like that. Uh-huh. It's challenging to write a character and have people identify. But, uh-huh. but I don't know. I, I I think that Mac was a far more relatable character. I felt like her experiences are more relatable. I don't think like there were there were like I don't know. I don't know. I I just kind of keep coming back to the melodrama of the sensation. It was so heavy uh-huh. and so it was like it was one note. Okay. It felt like the entire story, whereas there's so much. It felt like there was more nuance in dark. What? Which? What fever? Which? Dark fever. Dark fever. I was. Uh, I was mixing up. I was mixing up. Blood fever is the second one. I yeah. Okay. It's like yeah. There's a lot of fevers. I mean, it's the fever series. But so like, <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's interesting because this book. I mean, speaking, I mean, talking about melodrama, I mean, like her sister is murdered. She flies over and like her parents are in shambles. She flies immediately over to Dublin all by herself with just her cell phone and like $20 in her pocket. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to find my sister's killer. I have no skills. nothing i'm just gonna go over there and i'm gonna figure it out i don't trust the irish police and then like all of a sudden she's like killing fairies so like that seems i mean in a description pretty melodramatic whereas slave to sensation was just simply a woman who is ruled by connected to a psychic internet right of people who are only ruled by logic and she can't escape so like that's not that doesn't seem as dramatic as like killing fairies and stuff you know what i mean no but it's a more believable it's like because mac is a normal person not like a human that was really raised in society sure you're right we do have we do see mac's evolution right because she starts as just some silly girl in georgia with pink 
fingernails or whatever. And we see her transformation, right? And so maybe that's what was missing for you. But we see it the other way, right? In Sasha from Slave to Sensation, she starts out as having no emotions and we slowly see her have them. Mm-hmm. I would think that that's pretty relatable. You know what I mean? We all want to not be vulnerable as we discussed earlier. And so we see this person deal with the struggle of eventually being vulnerable to someone else so i don't know man (laughs) but fair enough you you can have your preferences anything else you want to say about this particular book or the difference between the two uh no don't think so okay sounds good i'm glad that you enjoyed this one better so we're going to go into our quick categories now and so the first one maybe you think it doesn't apply but i i'm gonna i'm gonna go with it what do you think was the hottest moment in this book i don't i cannot think of anything in this book that was like hot not when barons comes to her apartment or her room and is like give me information and he's she's leaving and she's trying to usher him out and he grabs her and they have like a heated moment you don't think that was hot uh uh, honestly don't you don't get you don't understand romance and what's (laughs) i mean i it sounds kind of familiar i may have remarked on it in the moment but i think i was like caught up in like i think i was I was like more caught up in the the mystery than anything. (laughs) Well, it's toward the beginning. It's right after, you know, she goes to Baron's Books and Baubles. And she goes, she takes the taxi home. Mm -hmm. And then that night he shows up at her rooming, boarding boarding room or whatever. Oh. It's like, I need to know what you know about the she said do or whatever. And she's like, I don't even know how to say it. (laughs) You tell me how to say it. And then they go through this whole thing. And he listens to her sister's voicemail on her yeah. phone. Right. Is that, uh, it, is that interesting? So that's because like, I seem to only recall her like being intimidated by his, like the violence of him. I don't remember him. Like, I don't remember her like finding him that physicality attractive. I think when he grasps her and she is in his arms, her thoughts veer towards sexual, but she cuts it off, right? Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's fine. Okay, did you have, I probably, this doesn't apply to, but did you have a sweetest or most romantic moment? I don't remember exactly when it happened, but like I said, there was kind of a moment where he had like softened and he seemed kind of like, he was like worried about her, but in a, you know, just, just a little, it was, it was, you know, and then like, I forget, it was brief and he then like quickly pulled the, pulled the curtain back into place. Uh, I mean, I guess that's going to, that for this book, I guess that qualifies as the, as the, rom- the romantic moment. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't remember anything um, super specific. I probably would if I hadn't read the other books, but anyway. Mm-hmm. I do think him just helping her generally is not, mm-hmm. it's at least something. Okay. Biggest overall objection of anything in this book. It maybe the ending just felt like a, it really just felt like a, like it stopped. Mm-hmm. They battled it out with the Lord master. Yeah. But wait, so did they actually kill the vampire? I thought that they didn't. I thought they just. I don't know. She stabbed him. I mean, I, it's supposed to be vague at the end. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It, it, like I, I think I mentioned it. It felt kind of like the penultimate. I don't know. It, it didn't feel like it, like there much was resolved, I guess. And it, I guess it didn't really like even like dwell on like the, Oh, you know, all the unseelie have been unleashed onto the world. Like even the stakes of that were they didn't really go into it. The very, like, if you're going to say like, this is a dramatic cliffhanger, then you should like at least build up those stakes. But it just kind of seemed like, oh yeah, there's unseelie. <laughs> They're going, she's been working that whole time to make sure that the walls don't come down, right? Yeah. Look, I I read I've read seven books now and um on Kindle and so you can't see really where anything ends. And I am always I've been every single book like what this is the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still yeah. there's still like fifteen percent left and yeah. I'm like this is just like an excerpt from the next book and I'm like what? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So I mean I get it. 
but like can you imagine like in 2006 i mean somebody had to wait like a year and a half or two years before right came out and like i i and i guess i think that's like why i ultimately had didn't finish this series because i had to wait so long to get the next book but like it's nice to go back in and read them now but yeah i i think that's a fair a fair objection it is Mm -hmm. but i have to say like so much happens in this series and so like i don't know i don't know how she chose to to stop it where she did i'm sure it was difficult because i think that she i i think i read somewhere that she had planned out the entire first five books anyway and so i don't know how she chose but Mm. anyway all right so most relatable moment i don't know most relatable i can say that like what i didn't find relatable was um (laughs) Like a, a number of passages where Mac talked about like what she was wearing. <laughs> Maybe this is just me being a guy, but like I just found that stuff boring. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like I understand that that's important to the character, like her needing to assert this like sense of self mm-hmm. in this uncontrollable world. But I felt like it just didn't. It felt like. George R. R. Martin talking about like describing the meals that people are eating. It just felt like, uh, okay, I get it. You like to talk about this stuff. It just didn't feel like it. I feel like it could have been done in a more abbreviated way or it could have been like, I was like, I just, I didn't relate. <laughs> <laughs> that was your big beef pun intended about the extended description and game of Thrones, just the food. Just the food. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the description of all the uh, of all the sex was perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so you didn't. That's fair enough. I the the clothing was interesting to me because it was a felt like the constant delineation of this is who I am and this is who I'm not going to become. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I understood that. I understood, I understood the function of that. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I guess I understand. Uh, it was a lot of pink, and I'm not. I I resent. <laughs> I do. I resent that pink always signals girl. You know what I mean? And I, mm-hmm. I I mean I have resented it my entire life. And so I it just seems at this point like a tool for like we're taking pink back, and pink means we're tough. And I I just. <laughs> dislike it you know i am yeah and you know she you know it is what it is in this, in this book I, I yeah and i feel like for her character being like yeah an early 20 something girl like that felt like that would have been very important to her mm-hmm. like she talked about the color of her nails i don't remember what the, the, the name of the, the the color was but she like repeatedly brought that up um, there are several and like, like, like the stuff where she like lament, she talked about her hair color or lamented having to cut her hair. Like that didn't, that didn't lose me. Cause I was like, I understand like, this is like, yeah. that's, a, that's an important part, part of your identity that you're like forced to lose. So I get the function of all of that, but I just felt like a li- we, we had to listen to a few too many paragraphs about exactly article by article what she was wearing. <laughs> That was well, that was it. But I mean, I like um, most relatable moments. I don't know. I did. I did enjoy like conversations that she had with her parents. I thought that like you know all the iPod moments, <laughs> like those moments where she was really yearning for home and for normalcy. I felt like even if her home and normalcy is different than mine in many ways it still i felt like that really resonated that that yearning really yes yeah home right is like a thing that no there's no end to how we can fantasize about home in in literature right and so she does a good job here and i do feel i like keep wanting her to go home right and we all we all kind of have that desire to be in the place that no longer fits, but we think that it it does, right? And yeah. then she quickly realizes that the the person she left in Georgia is, is no longer, and so mm-hmm. it, so that idea that it can exist again is very important. And so, yeah, I think she does a a good job. That is definitely relatable. What were we just talking about? Because I come came up with my unrelatable moment, and now I can't. Oh. 
my most unrelatable moment was the fact that at the beginning she dropped her cell phone into the water and did not replace it immediately. Like what kind of world are we living in where you can just be without your cell phone for an indeterminate period of time? <laughs> I well, call bullshit on that. Even for 2006. Yeah. For a 22 year old? Yeah. Give me up. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not at all believable. Good call. <laughs> all right. Uh, fair enough. Biggest lie or misconception about men in this book, do you think? Did you come across one? I mean, I don't know that it really felt. I didn't, at least I didn't read into it any, like, as making any kind of like general statements about men or like the. F- she didn't really fantasize about. I don't know. I don't, I, that didn't really like feel all that applicable of a question to me. I don't know. What do you think? Sure. Did any of the men seem like ill drawn in this book? Like these are caricatures of, of men. Anything I don't know. Maybe like the, the Irish gangster felt a little, but I mean, I don't think he was really meant to, he wasn't really meant to have any depth. Yeah. He was Fair just enough. supposed to be a bad guy. All right. Most annoying moment. Yeah, again, I think it's probably a description of her outfits going into all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've generally, I mean, I found it a pretty, like, pleasant, pleasant, easy to read book. I found, like, her character really likable. You know, Baron's character was really likable. Yeah, I, there was not, there was not much that I found annoying. Well, except for the ending, I guess, is another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, did that make you want to keep reading? Did it make you want to go on to the second novel? Or were you just like, eh? Yeah, I, I, I think I, yeah, I probably will read. Yeah, at least one more. Yeah. <laughs> if they, it, it sounds like they all end this way. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, there's like, there's, you can go on never answering questions for only so long. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I was. So you have not, you've read seven, you said, right? Uh-huh. Well, I'm on the seventh one now. And there's 15? I guess so, yeah. That's what See, I said. If, I mean, my concern is that it like, is that it turns into a lost thing where you build, <laughs> up, you build up the mystery, you ride the mystery out for so long, there's no plausible way to make it into a real ending. And so... I think if you read the first five books, that's enough. I think uh, like uh, the sixth book is about a different character and then the seventh returns to mac and hmm. i don't the sixth book originally is what stopped me reading the series mm-hmm. i didn't love it and for some reasons i won't go into now but i still feel that way about it i skipped it this time and just went to seven but i think you can stop after after five the story is told after five hmm. but then it's kind of like a new world and how she tackles this new existence so that's what the other other books kind of i saw she ran out of fever names and started changing the names up so yeah i guess we didn't talk about that like i don't even know if i understand why it's called the fever series i guess (laughs) do you i mean like i don't think that that's really explained i i maybe because she thinks she's having a fever dream i don't know i really don't i don't know no, yeah, like the name feels far more uh, like it, it feels far more melodramatic than uh-huh. than the actual story. I bet it's something we should know. I mean, I bet I'm being really stupid, but I'd be like, "What is it called?" I mean, it's probably like really obvious. Like, duh, this is why she's done this. But yeah. well, sorry, I'm now, a dumb- now you've got it recorded on a podcast, so. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm not, if I was worried about how I came across, I suppose I would not do anything. <laughs> I was worried what people, what conclusions people might draw about me and my character and the, <laughs> my level of intelligence. I would, <laughs> I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't leave the house anyway. All right. So fair enough. Quick categories done. Just to wrap up, do you have any final thoughts after two romance novels? Hmm. Are any of your assumptions about i mean and these are not have not been i guess this one in particular has not been like a traditional romance but Mm -hmm. between the two of these books how is your opinion of romance changing if at all uh yeah i think i think that um i think that it just kind of means that there's a lot there's a lot out there there's a lot of there's a lot of variety Mm -hmm. there are certainly things there is certainly romance that 
I like. I, I would say. I mean, I think that's. I think I had a sense of that before, but this has certainly kind of cemented that. There's do you a lot think of, there's a lot of variety? I, I think it's endless. But do you think that it was over? So, I, do you feel like it was just Mac that made this for you, this book better for you, primarily her character, or was it the world itself? Um, I think it was both. Okay. Yeah. And I think both of those things were mm -hmm. just done with far more like richness than, you know, than a uh, slave to this nation. Mm -hmm. And can we talk about voice for a minute? I mean, Karen Marie Moaning has a distinctive voice. It, we do, it's not necessarily a funny novel, but it is it is tongue in cheek. It's it's self aware, mm -hmm. right? She's excuse me. Well, not maybe not laugh out loud funny. I do think that descriptions of things are funny. I think some interactions are fun. Yeah, um, one thing that stands out to me is like her uh, inability to curse. Oh right, uh -huh. which is yeah, it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's like it's it's chuckle worthy. It's like yeah, I, I really and that. I, and that annoyed me. I don't like just fucking cuss. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, like nobody. It's two thousand. It was two thousand six. Like, I've lived in the South. Like, yes, don't curse in front of elders, but you absolutely curse on your own. And just <laughs> ridiculous. But I enjoyed the, you know, misunderstandings that came out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Petunia. I mean, that is a funny word. I mean, I'll it, give it yeah, it was cute. It, it was a little cutesy, but and I, I don't know that I like all, all believed it all that much, but like it still felt, I don't know, it still felt like just still felt like a like a, a bit of color. Sure. And it did the work, right? We, she's yeah. supposed to be an innocent young girl and that kind of drove home yeah. That point. Just for me, between that and the pink, I was like, I, I need to like her, and this is really taking me down a path <laughs> of, <laughs> of finding her intolerable. But she, they brought me, she brought me back. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So fair enough. I'm glad. Anything else you want to say? No, that was good. It was, uh, that was, that was fun. <laughs> All right. And so Ben, tell me that you love romance. <laughs> I love romance. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.